This is RAF with Tony Tone and LA. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's your man's, it's your boy, it's your Nick. Oh my god, look at that booty. That girl is fun, fam. Alright, sorry ladies and gentlemen, we are currently located at Moon Cafe. Northbridge, Perth, I don't want to know, in Australia. And, um, and today we got some serious stuff to talk about, bro. There's a lot of serious action out here. <laughs> Yo, so a little quick time out, my brother. Um, the whole point of this podcast today is actually in light of what we've been seeing in our beloved Zimbabwe. Uh, you know, were you actually born bred? And for me, you know, Preach, I, Zimbabwe. for me, I have a very close, uh, a close relationship too, in the sense that you know, when I was my down of down of down, the people that brought me up were always from Zim. So I'm, I'm here to pass on my blessings. And uh, yo, let's uh, let's begin. We're not going to do politics. We're not going to do you know bad things or negatives. This is a celebration of Zimbabwe, and we really want to be positive on this thing. And we're going to work through from start to finish. And yo, you might learn yeah. something as well. We got, we got, we. It, it's a whole, it's a whole new era. It's a whole new age, and we're going to try to try remember the good. We're going to try and uh, speak about a little bit of the bad, but like in all honesty, it's all about the future. And the future is you. The future is going to be the phoenix rising from the ashes, my brother. It's so, about, yo. It's about time. For a lot of people that, um, I guess to, a lot of people from sort of the white countries, like, they have a lack of understanding of why what happened under sort of Rhodesia is still sort of relevant today, you know. And I guess the first question that I want to ask is to... Enlarden some of the viewers of, of what your parents kind of went through and what they kind of experienced and why for you growing up as, as a young Zimbabwean, it, it played in your upbringing, so to speak. Okay, so looking back on things that happened back in the day, um, before I was born, my parents grew up below the poverty line. It wasn't, it wasn't good for the black community growing up in Zimbabwe. You weren't allowed into certain places within the city. You weren't allowed to... It, it was... It, there was segregation. So it was like a part out of South Africa. It was. It was a part of it. It was. Um, there was segregation. You couldn't drink from here. You couldn't eat here. You couldn't buy a house here in your own country. It was. Um, it was. It was a tough situation when it was tough, um, but it did get a little bit better, and that's where our good friend Uncle Bob comes into the story. And he really comes into the story with uh, what was now essentially the ruling party of Zanu PF, and they started off as. As the a revolutionary But the what's actually crazy, right, is that I never realized how small the Rhodesian population is. Like, I always thought it was in sort of the millions, but it was a very, very small people holding off, you know. It was, um, yeah, no, no, to be honest, the Zimbabwe population has only grown as time has gone on. I mean, like, we're only sitting at about 12 million right now. There weren't that many of us. Yeah. And so what actually happened is that he really... Uh, along with the help of a lot of neighboring African countries. Banded them all together. And, 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 and played a very, very important role, which culminated in 1980 in the independence. Oh, no, it was a bloody and grueling battle. This is why, I will say this, this is why this was a bloodless coup. Because people in Zimbabwe have been through it. We've, they've been through the battles, they've been through the war, and 
They're sick of bloodshed. Most peaceful coup I have ever seen in my entire life. Oh, which wasn't even called a coup. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I yo, mean, yo, we just, we just chilling, fam, you know what I mean? I even no, saw- no, when the military comes onto the news and a guy in full, in full like, fatigue. <laughs> fatigue comes onto the news and tells you, yo, this is not a coup. It's probably a coup. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think, I think, like, I think you really pinpointed that the reason why we're talking about that is that plays such a pivotal role in, in what happened up to sort of today. And a lot of people don't understand the, the affinity to, to Uncle Bob when you were going through such trials and tribulations. But I still... But I, I will say this. I'll interject you on this. Listen, it wasn't all bad. It wasn't all bad. Like There like was a golden era, wasn't there? there? Like, like all relationships, you know, once you have your ups and your downs. But unfortunately, the ups were in the beginning and the downs are down right now. And I will say this, I will say this. I grew up in amazing childhood. It was amazing. It was amazing, dude. I had everything. Everything until I, until like until about until about two thousand. I think I think I must Yeah, it was when Tony Blick came in where it started to get a little bit iffy when in the yeah, late nineties. It, yeah. it got it got kinda of weird around the yeah. It got kinda of weird. But actually, what, what what's an interesting fact I read the other day was that Zimbabwe had the highest spending per person on education behind Norway for a long period. So when you were growing up, you had essentially the best education system in the world. Not 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 only that, we had the highest concentration of Mercedes per square kilometer in the world. We were <laughs> the second. Me and Benzo rolling in the Benzo. Nah, in the Benzo fam, in the Benzo. What are you, what are you like? Yo, yeah. Benzo, I, I'm a Benzo man myself, man. I had a, I had grown, I, growing up, I had a 74 350 SLC coupe and now I've been rocking the C-classes. Yeah, I mean, we dude, want the S, but dude, yourself? Dude, we've been, we've been rocking, rocking S-classes. We were rocking, I wrote off my dad's first S-class. Oh. I wrote off that motherfucker. You're lucky you're the only son, fam. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. I wrote it off. I was cruising down uh, Bardo Road. I tried to overtake a lorry. Came back, came back. I realized I couldn't overtake it. The lorry decided to break and I hit the back of that bitch at 80, 90 kilometers an hour. Listen, they don't make Benzes like they used to. <laughs> I was fine. Everyone in the car was fine. <laughs> the car was fucked, bro. Yo, so yeah, so go- during that during that sort of golden era, I mean, what was it like? Was it more the 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 optimism? Like your parents were like, "Yo, I really went through this bullshit, and now, yo, you like the literally like to quote Nas, the world is yours." No, was no, that the vibe? Or was it just the it economy was, was pumping? Or what no, was no, it? it was absolutely amazing. Like people, um, black people were becoming were being put in roles that they were never were in before. I mean, like looking back on it, my dad was the first black first black bank manager in Zimbabwe. Is that right? Real talk. First black Livingston Guada. Look that nigga up. Look him up. Real talk, Google that shit. <laughs> I'm Googling as we speak. <laughs> also, Google the Guatematic. That's a real machine. Shout oh, out to the Williams. Sudza. The Sudza making machine. Speaking of Sudza, Rob. Yeah, go. So, <laughs> Tony Tone and I got a mutual friend, Dice, right? And him and I Dude. used to clean up when we were in Melbourne, right? We ruled everything. We get honey's left, front, center. Oh, really? And this motherfucker refused to give me Sudza. 
He was like, what yo. He's oh, like, no, Giants yo. can't cook seven. He's, nice. he's like, yo, you ain't ready to eat it. It's a special Zimbabwean dish. <laughs> it's, you ain't ready to eat it, fam. You haven't earned the right. Anyway, one day I ran at his aunt's place. I've known this motherfucker for like five years, right? And then he looks at me and he's like, yo, you finally earned the right to eat sadza. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's a it's a delicious meal, That's especially amazing. especially when you get that oxtail and that murillo fucking going, man, boy. If I meet a girl who makes me salsa, I swear she can be white, black, blazing. I don't give a damn. If she can make me salsa the way my mama used to make it, baby. I'm dropping the name. I ask everyone. I even had this Uber driver in Perth was like, "Yo, my wife cooks wicked salsa. Give me a phone number and come round to mom, man." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, day up, day up." <laughs> Are you for real hitting up? Are you hitting up Uber drivers for something? Dog, I got you. Don't worry about it. I got you. I'll, we'll figure it out. We'll hook that shit so, up. So yeah. So I mean, obviously people will want to want to mention in brief the um, the tough times. So I don't want again. I don't want to go political. But what's it like living in a society with hyperinflation? Dude, it was. It was it a just, mess. Is it just black market? It was, it was a mess, bro. Like, in all honesty, I would um, I would get my monthly pocket money. And let's say I would get $500 one week, right? I'd get $500 one week. And then I would get $10,000 the next week. And no, 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 no. They had the exact same value. It was, it was a complete mess. Um, but a lot of people profited off of the black market. A lot of people made a lot of money, man. Yeah, you were stolen. You'd be killing I mean, the family. Yeah, a lot of people made a lot of money, man. But um, to be honest, that hyperinflation period, fuck Tony Blair. And it actually, yo, it stemmed, from, it stemmed from him because what people don't realize, and this is to touch briefly for, again, a lot of the European audience to be talking about the white farmers. What people don't know is that the British government was actually paying a large, over $100 million a year's compensation for the land. No, right? they didn't pay. The motherfuckers well, didn't pay. They were paying, and then they decided, you know they what, fuck you, I'm not paying you anymore. They sent a letter saying, fuck you, and then, <laughs> you know what? Mugabe said, fuck you, and then it was a big dick-waving competition. Well, don't forget they didn't even allow him under the Rhodesian government to see the burial of his own son. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, we ain't exactly dealing with it's, nice it's, people. It's not, it hasn't been the most pretty history, ladies and gentlemen, on both and sides. And so when the land requisition sort of came, we, I mean, that's still a hotly debated topic, so I think we should kind of agree to disagree on the matter but you know. I, I, I've got I've got my I've got my dis- all right this is my point of view let me tell you what my point of view is Jim. yeah I mean all right uh, this is what my point of view I'll cut that out I'm gonna cut this out <laughs> LA my point of view is that I believe that oh shit sorry I lost my place hold on hello Yo, yeah tis tis so this is my issue with the land reform thing. I completely agreed with the fact that compensation needed to be paid towards the Zimbabwe government in regards to the land that was used by the, common, by the Commonwealth for their benefit. And I agree that there should have been compensation. And I agree that it was wrong for the British government to stop compensating Zimbabwe for the benefits and land that they had taken. Land cost house agreement, that's what they agreed to. Do I agree with the manner in which they did it? No. 
No, I do not think that they should have killed farmers. I think that they should have compensated farmers and taught people how to, to farm the land. And it should have been a clean cut. But they should have, in, in my own two pence, they should have done it two ways. First of all, they should have given it to the black farmers who were working the land, right? They actually knew how to do it. I don't they should know have trained them better. They should have first had a training strategy. There should have been a de- more of a developmental stage because or, there was a bunch of land that no one was using. And still to this day, there's there's all of this soil where you can throw a fucking seed anywhere and it will grow, but no one is growing anything. And that's what really frustrates me. Yeah, I mean, but this is also, I guess, leading into the, the hope for the future is that Fertile souls, fertile soul, like you said. So if you can get in, again, proper sort of farming practices or people to go back onto the land, I mean, you can therefore reignite the the industry in agriculture. No, there's more to it than that. There's economic, reg- there's re- there's economic sanctions and regulations that are still yet to be lifted as we speak on the 22nd of November after Rob Mugabe has resigned. Is that right? There are still significant economic sanctions, which was what actually caused inflation. It wasn't war. It wasn't. It wasn't because there wasn't because of, of mismanagement at the time of the of mismanagement of the economy. It was actually just sanctions. And to, and bringing that point up, do you know? All right, Zimbabwe has the highest inflation of all time. Do you know who was second? I'm going Germany. Germany pre World no, War Two. No, Germany post World War Two. That was the only. That's the only country that has no post World War One. Post World War Two, as in 1950s. 1946, 40, 1946, 47. Germany. Is that right? Because I remember they had the, the the fucking wheelbarrows after World War One. Yeah. With the inflation. Oh no 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 no! If you, like they were pissed. Like okay. People were pissed off when Germany started losing World War One. They were hella pissed off after World War Two. <laughs> they were hella pissed off. <laughs> you motherfuckers! <laughs> naughty, naughty, naughty! Yeah, 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 y'all need to, y'all need to keep me real with this. Anyway, so back to the topic of the moment. Um, after that, we are now moving on into the 2000s. Well, I mean. I think we kind of addressed the main points, right? We've addressed the, the land issue. We've addressed economic sanctions. We've addressed the, the history of Rhodesia, which led to, I guess, the bonding to, to your leaders as well. Mm. But what, what, I, what I don't get, right, is that you see the celebrations in the streets now after Mugabe's left. And I can't help but wonder, okay, so the military is still in charge of everything, but if you truly felt like that, why was nothing done beforehand? Well, in the sense of saying, well, all right, Zanapuya, you still stay in power, military, you still rule, we don't want war, we don't want blood, we don't want a coup or anything like that, like a fight, but can we have someone else sort of thing? Why was nothing? Why was nothing done? Why they're all celebrating? Seeing he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. They didn't do anything for fucking decades. Now, in in, in saying all of that, let, let me explain to you what what really happened. Okay, um, they 
There was, there was, um, there was, Robert Mugabe is basically a demigod. He's a demigod to a vast majority of the Zimbabwean people. Not everyone agreed with his ideas or his principles. I don't even think he even asked the question of whether we thought it was a good idea what he was doing. He just did what he did. And like all stories, there a hero rises and everyone enjoys that story until they wait for the hero to fall. And to be honest, it got into a stage where no one could take anymore. He was trying to put in, put his second wife, Grace, into power. Well, that's really it. Because Sally, from from my understanding, his first wife was really incredible and like a, a bastion of strength. No, Sa- Sally was a saint. And he, yeah, and he seemed to really be like, that's when he was his most switched on in my view. And I feel like a large part of him, when Sally died, I think a large part of him kind of went, went with that in a way. And but you know, as as good. It's all raised, about the women, man. It's always a woman. There's always a woman in the story. Yeah, there always is, man. Even back to Troy. <laughs> <laughs> so, like looking back on it, we'll say this: thank goodness, because I c- I could not. I don't know if I don't know if I could walk in the public and say that Grace Mugabe, a former secretary, who definitely definitely didn't earn her PhD. Is my current president? I don't know if I can. I, I sort of feel like that was. I sort of feel like that was the, the crux. That was that was the straw that broke the. That camera. was just like, yo, we'll put up with everything, but this is on the verge of ridiculous. Now you're no, trying no, to. This is this is ridiculous. Yeah. You're now officially senile. I can't yeah. do it anymore. Um, thank goodness, thank goodness. Um, the election elections um, in the past have been. Not as fair as people <laughs> would have hoped, um, but again, going back onto the brighter notes about things that we need to talk about. But all, it's what a I, whole new day, and we're gonna we're gonna. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. I really think that in my heart of hearts, that Zimbabwe has got the the people. It's got the ability it's got the resource the resources is massively resource rich i just hope we don't sell it all to china man you already sold I, it i, I, I mean like a vast majority is already owned by i china. mean I but at the I end i don't know man how i feel about all of that well, i mean look in australia honestly it's working exceptionally well for us yeah but i don't feel like we got a good enough deal i don't feel like the deal was i feel like we could have gotten a better deal well you know i mean time, time will tell but i think for me personally, it's just that it'd be an incredible thing if we're sitting down at this table in, let's say, 15 years and Zimbabwe's a powerhouse. And, I, and if Botswana can do it, then I can't see why, why Zim with even more resources and everything else and the people can't. It's time to reevaluate. It's trying to rethink. It's time to rise up from the ashes. And if you cook the Dasadza... Hook a brother up. <laughs> Peace to the family I'm at. <laughs> yeah, and this is your man's Tony Town. Love yourselves, Zimbabwe. Nobody else will. Not even South Africa. <laughs> Not even South Africa. Man, that nigga need to learn how to count to ten. <laughs> Alright, let us off. I go to the Tazigayo, my young, we hook some of 
Mbagwa Zimbabwe.